Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody give God praise here today. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift our hands for a few moments. It feels so good in the presence of the Lord here today. Come on, whatever you have need of, I want you to know God is well able to meet your need and to exceed your need. I want you to lift it up and pray about it right now. Hallelujah. In this wonderful atmosphere in God's presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's, an, it's been noise abroad that Jesus is coming to the house today. Hallelujah, Lord. We've come with expectation and anticipation that you're going to meet us here. Hallelujah. And we're praying right now over each and every individual life. Hallelujah. Every family, every marriage. Come on, somebody pray right now. Hallelujah. If you need healing in your body, I want you to pray about it right now. If you need salvation in your life, I want you to pray about it right now. If you need God to turn some things around, I want you to pray about it right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel him in this house. Somebody pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here today. Amen. To feel the power of God that we feel, amen, this afternoon. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many is excited to be in church here today? Amen. I'm excited what God's going to do. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They wanted to know... Jesus, are you at this moment going to give Israel power in politics, power in our world as far as a political, governmental, uh, here on earth type movement? Amen. They wanted to know about political power. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power. Amen. There's some things that are outside of our power, outside of our knowledge. There's some things God has reserved in his own power. But I love this. He still told them there's a promise coming. See, they got it all twisted up because he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the king's domain. And they started thinking, oh, man, this is great. We're going to have thrones set up here on earth, and our kingdom as far as a political power is going to take over the globe. And he said, nope, that's not your power. Hallelujah. He said, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Skip over in your Bible to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Brother Branson already read it for us here today so eloquently. Did a great job, but we're going to read it again. Because today we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost, everybody say Pentecost, 
was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all, everybody say all, filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Everybody got the promise of the Father that day. Everybody got what Jesus had promised to them. He promised them power. Everybody say power. Amen. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Pentecost means power. Pentecost means power. Would you set down your Bibles? Amen. And let's pray all across the building. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray that the Holy Ghost would move in us and move among us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I give you great praise and glory and honor. I'm praying that that promise that you have spoken, amen, all those thousands of years ago through Scripture, Amen. God, we believe that the scriptures are true, that it is available to us today, God, that you are still pouring out of your spirit upon all flesh, God. And I'm praying that if there's individuals here today that have not yet received that power, that they would not leave the building without receiving the power of the Holy Ghost, God. And if there's those here today that maybe they've received it, but they've been powerless for too long, I'm praying that you would empower them here today in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Pentecost means power. Now, today we are celebrating Pentecost, and we celebrate many things through the year um, as a people, some things as a nation, some things as a belief system. Many are familiar with, with holidays and things such as Easter. Man, we just celebrated Easter a little while ago. And we all got together and we celebrated the fact that Jesus rose again on the third day. Most of the religious world will celebrate Easter. They will celebrate Good Friday. Amen. But you got to think about Good Friday um, as far as the fact that Jesus was crucified, he bled and he died on what we call Good Friday. It wasn't so good for him, but it sure was good for us. And somebody said, "Amen." But but not 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 a lot of our of our world today would even be able to pronounce Pentecost. Amen. Our church is known as Apostolic Revival Center, but I want you to know that you are sitting in a Pentecostal church today. Amen. You are sitting in a Pentecostal church, in a Pentecostal environment. Now, uh, my home church was Cornerstone Pentecostal Church, and I couldn't really pronounce it or spell it for many years. I didn't understand what Pentecost was. But you just got to travel through the Bible, and you'll start to see, amen, there's a few things about Pentecost, amen, that make it significant. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 34 that, they were to celebrate as a nation. God had just brought them out of Egypt, and he wanted them to have three major feasts that they were to have throughout the year. Amen. There was three times of the year where all of the men and all of the children, all the families had to appear before the Lord your God. He told them that, that I will cast out all the nations around you. I will enlarge your borders. Amen. But there will come a time where you have gotten so far away from your city called Jerusalem. And you'll get so far away from where I brought you from that I'm going to ask that three times a year you come and make a pilgrimage back to Israel, make a pilgrimage back to, uh, amen, Jerusalem so that you can celebrate these feasts. He didn't want them to get so far away from the promised land as God gave them liberty and as God blessed them that they would turn themselves over to the gods of the other nations. He wanted them to always remember the Lord. And so he instituted 
these three feasts, these three major holidays. Now, there's many others that we could talk about. The Day of Atonement, we could talk about Purim, which is a two-day celebration. But there are three major celebrations that they had to adhere to. The first one is well known. In fact, many of us would think even about Easter when we talk about it. It's called Passover. Everybody say Passover. Amen. Passover was where they took the blood of the lamb, amen, that they had slain, and they put it over the doorposts of their home. And it was in this moment that they celebrated, amen, the fact that God brought them up out of Egypt, amen, that God stopped the angel of death from entering into their home. And it was the blood of the lamb that allowed them to get free from Egypt. And I think it's important that even in our walk with God that we never forget to celebrate the fact that God has liberated us and that God has delivered us from this evil present world. And somebody said amen. They were to celebrate Passover so that they would never forget that it was the Lord that brought them out of the land. But this Passover had a problem. Amen. They took the blood of a lamb, and that blood of the lamb, all it did was stop death from entering into the door of their house and, and stealing life away. All it did was block death. Amen. But this blood of the lamb in the Old Testament, it could stop death from happening for a moment, but it could not stop death indefinitely. It could stop death right then and there, but it could not stop death death, amen, from happening in their life. It could stop death, but I want to tell somebody, the blood of the Lamb of the Old Testament could stop death, but it could not bring life. So they celebrated the insufficient sacrifice at Passover. And uh, I'll get to Pentecost in a moment, but the next feast would be Pentecost. But there was a third feast that they had to celebrate. It was called Tabernacles, amen. This is where they would go and they would ultimately, even if I could call it religious camping, they would build themselves booths. And maybe we'll talk about that at another time. They had to leave their abode because if they ever got so comfortable where they were, they had to allow themselves, amen, to get back to what it was when they were in the wilderness, always following the Spirit of God and always moving with Him. And they had to have something that was mobile. They had to have a, a booth, a tent, something that could, amen, that would not get stagnant. And I think it's important for us, amen, as apostolic Pentecostal people to never allow ourselves to become stagnant in our walk with God. Amen. There's a reason that when you first got saved, it seemed like everything was up and down. Amen. Because God wanted you to rely on him, not to rely on your home, not to rely on your money, not to rely on your health, but to always remember the Lord. They had to build tabernacles as a reminder, amen, of the tabernacle in the wilderness that would go in the presence of God that was mobile, that was moving. I, I think this is important because we, we might see in, as, as time progresses through history that the Jews still obey this to this day, but yet they do not serve a God that moves. They don't believe in a God that's able to move anymore. They've kept the religious tradition, but they forgot the meaning behind it, that they serve a God that is not stagnant, that is not, amen, stunted or stopped, a God that can move to where they are, amen, a God that can move them, a God that moves in them, a God that moves for them, and a God that moves on their behalf. They've got to have this tabernacle to remind them, but it was an insufficient tabernacle, amen, because that tabernacle they reared up and they set up, amen, it allowed the presence of God to come down, but there was a veil that stopped them from accessing the presence of God. Amen. And then we come to Pentecost. Pentecost was a celebration of the first fruits. Amen. It was a celebration. Amen. That, that the Lord had provided for them again. Amen. They, they could see God moving in their life. They could see God, amen, delivering them. And now they could see God providing for them, amen. They had this, this celebration of Pentecost. It was to be, amen, 49 weeks, amen, where they would celebrate. It was to be, I'm sorry, 49 days where they would celebrate, amen, the harvest that the Lord had provided for them. 
And on the 50th day, amen, all these weeks of celebration all the way back from Passover, amen, they would celebrate what the Lord had done for them getting up out of Egypt. And here they would on the 50th day, it was a celebration of all celebrations. They had come together. They had been feasting. But you hadn't seen a feast until you came to Pentecost. You, you thought you saw a celebration, but you hadn't seen a celebration until you came to Pentecost. Amen. You, you thought you saw a party, but you've not seen a party until you came to Pentecost. I think it's important to note that every one of these was called to be a celebration. Every one of these was called to be a feast. Can I remind somebody today on Pentecost Sunday, amen, don't look so gloom and don't look so depressed and don't look so down. We've got at least three reasons to celebrate the Lord here today. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. God didn't want them to go at fasting and, and, and think about moping around on these three occasions. But God wanted them to celebrate. God wanted them to party. Amen. Because they were remembering all that the Lord had done for them. How the Lord delivered them. How the Lord provided for them. And how the Lord was moving amongst them. Amen. They had to celebrate that. But as we look at Pentecost, amen, Pentecost doesn't have the greatest start. Amen. You see Pentecost, amen, in the book of Exodus as it appears, amen, that they were, they were, they were given this opportunity to celebrate. But it gets complicated because on the very first Pentecost we see in the Bible, amen, recorded in Exodus 32 before they ever called it Pentecost. Amen. It was after the Passover. We find that Moses is on his way down from the mountain and he's got with them two tablets of stone, the word of God. Amen. He's come to bring them power. He's come to bring them a word. He's come to bring them something from the presence of God. Amen. There is a word that was written on these tablets of stone with the very finger of God. It was written by the moving of God's spirit and he's about to bring it down to the people. Amen. And as he comes down the mountain, the Bible says the people were partying. They were celebrating. They were doing what they were supposed to do, but they were not doing it as unto the Lord. They were celebrating. Amen. But they were worshiping a golden calf. You see, they, they had an insufficient Passover, and it made for an insufficient Pentecost. And therefore, it created an insufficient tabernacle. Amen. As we look through the Old Testament, we will see all the insufficiencies and inadequacies of the Old Testament. Amen. As it is a trying its best. Amen. To get people, amen, back to the garden. To get people back to paradise. To get people back to power. But every time it tries to get people back to power, it falls apart because of the sinful nature of man. And the Bible says they were naked and their shame had covered them. They were, they, were, they, were, they were ashamed of what they were doing. And Moses stood at the edge of the camp. And as he looked down there, he saw the people who were supposed to be getting power that he just got. Amen. For 40 days up on a mountain, they were supposed to be receiving power from heaven. But instead he looks down and he saw, amen, the powerlessness of sin in their life. And, and the powerlessness that had been brought by sin and there was no hope for these people when he looked at the law and said thou shalt have no other gods before me for the Lord will not hold them guiltless and he looked at the people and thought oh no they can't handle this power because amen they're, they're going to fall apart God's not going to hold them guiltless because of what they've done and so Moses took the commandment instead of giving them power he broke it they're not ready for the power of Pentecost the Bible says that he came down that mountain and 3,000 people on the first Pentecost died that day because they had an insufficient Passover lamb. The Bible says it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Amen. It can't, it can't take away sin. It might just push sin ahead, but it can't take away sin. It was insufficient. 
And here at Pentecost, they sure had a celebration, but it was insufficient of a celebration, amen, to be able to receive the power that the Word of God had for them. And subsequently, it created an insufficient tabernacle where God said, you're not ready for my full presence. You're not ready, amen. So I've got to put a veil between you and me. You can't, you can't handle the power of access between me and my spirit, amen. But I didn't come to preach about the insufficiencies of the Old Testament and to stay there. I've come to talk about the sufficiency that we have in what Jesus Christ has done for us. Somebody ought to clap your hands in anticipation of what God's about to do here today. You might be visiting and thinking there's no way I can get out of this. I don't have the power, but I've come to tell you that what Jesus did for us is more than sufficient. We call it Good Friday because Jesus died for our sins. But it wasn't just a man dying on a cross. It was God manifested in the flesh. And the Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us. When John saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, not that pushes the sin of the world ahead, not that just covers up the sin for a moment. But he said, When I see Jesus, I see the Lamb of God. He's the sufficient Passover Lamb. I see the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Y'all ain't hearing me today. I want to tell you Jesus showed up on Calvary and he said, I'm going to take away all the sin because I got power that's about to show up from heaven. And when you come on, when you get a sufficient Passover lamb, you can have an excellent Passover. You can have an excellent Pentecost and you can have an excellent tabernacle. Somebody give God praise. Amen. When the lamb died in the Old Testament, the lamb died and the people got up out of Egypt, but Egypt followed them. But when Jesus died, the Bible says he gave up the ghost. Amen. The Bible says that spirit ran down the Kidron Valley and those that were dead, those that were in tombs and in graves, those that had been dead for a while, the Bible says there was enough life in Jesus that it didn't just stop death. It provided life. It didn't just stop judgment it provided grace it didn't just come on somebody when he died he said I'm so sufficient that the people that are already dead about to get up out of this place the people oh come on my Bible says it was many resurrections. I came to preach the apostolic revival center that we're going to have many resurrections today we're going to have I wish somebody would celebrate because with Pentecost comes power. With Pentecost comes power. You might feel powerless, but Pentecost is here. You see, that's the problem with dead, dry religion. That's the problem with people that don't celebrate Pentecost. And I'm not talking about today as in a date, but people that have not received the power of Pentecost. There's religions out there that wear a little bling around their neck, got Jesus still on the cross. But I got news for you, honey. He got up out of that grave. He got off the cross. He went into a tomb. And three days later, he got up out of that tomb. There's some people that want to keep on staying right here, but they're missing Pentecost because Pentecost comes with power. Pentecost means power. Amen. Jesus said, you go wait in Jerusalem until you get the power that I'm telling you about. Until you get the promise of the Father. Amen. I want you to know that Jesus, the reason Jesus died is not so we could have a new religion. The reason Jesus died is so that there would be a sufficient Passover. Amen. That we would be able to be acceptable in the eyes of God to the point where his spirit could now tabernacle with us. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. That the Spirit of God could now indwell us. It could now. See, when man was in the garden, they had dominion, they had power, they had authority. But when man sinned, they gave the keys of the kingdom away. They gave away their power. They gave away their authority. And when they handed that power over, amen, they no longer had dominion. They no longer had power. And now they were lost in sin. They were deficient. And they did everything in their own power to get back to where they needed to be. Every rite, every ritual, every feast, every, every bit of work of the Old Testament, 
and none of it was sufficient. But when Jesus Christ showed up, it was more than sufficient for all. And he said, I'm going to give you power. How many wants power here today? Come on, I, I don't want to go to church and be religious. I, I wouldn't go to church just so I can be religious. I came, amen, when I got in church, uh, I came from a messed up background, drug home, all sorts of mess, uh, depression, suicidal. And I'm going to tell you, I've been to enough Baptist churches in my life. God bless you if you're Baptist. I'm not. But I remember them telling me uh, that, that, that just God's a mental ascent, that all you got to do is have a little faith in your heart or in your mind. And you just think about God. And I thought, man, I don't feel nothing here, but I'll never forget walking in uh, depressed and suicidal walking into an apostolic church uh, and I tell you what uh, with Pentecost came power and I felt depressed when I walked in but honey when I got the power of the Holy Ghost uh, I walked out with a smile on my face come on if you look like you sucked on a lemon for six months uh, you need the power of Pentecost again you need the Holy Ghost to hit your life again somebody ought to celebrate and give God praise there's a reason we feel what we feel it's called the Holy Ghost it's the promise of power it's the promise of power that Jesus said is coming Acts chapter 2 they had been waiting. They had been praying patiently, 120 in the upper room. They had been praying, we need to have the power of this, of the power that Jesus has spoken about. And the Bible says this, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Hey, hallelujah. I want to tell you, Pentecost, amen, has partially come sometimes. And there's some people that have yet to be delivered because Pentecost has partially showed up in their life. Amen. But I want to tell you that when Pentecost, I'm not talking about insufficient sacrifice Passover, insufficient Pentecost, insufficient tabernacles. But when you get what Jesus talked about, when you get the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, on your life, all of a sudden now Pentecost is about to be completed in your life. All of a sudden there's going to be a fully coming of Pentecost when the power of Pentecost is fully come that's why we can't have partial church hallelujah let me say that again we can't have partial church amen I'll tell you what it's not what separates us from every other religion and every other denomination is not the fact that we dressed up nice here today God bless you you look beautiful and you look handsome gentlemen but I want to tell you what separates us from every other religion is the fact that we don't just go to church so we can assuage our guilt but we show up to church because we know there's power when you walk through the building we show up to church uh, because we know that when the Holy Ghost gets moving, uh, whether it's a Sunday, a Wednesday, or a Monday afternoon prayer meeting, uh, we know the Holy Ghost is going to show up. Uh, and you might have walked in a drug addict, but you're going to walk out delivered. Uh, we know there's power. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord. Amen. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Amen. A sound from heaven. What is that? That is that is the same thing. There was tablets that God had written with the finger from heaven. He wanted to give them power, but they weren't ready to handle it. But now these people had all received, amen, what Jesus did on Calvary. They had all experienced, amen, the blood of the Lamb of God. And here they are. They're praying. And God says, I got a little power that I want to give to you. It's a promise, amen, that I've been prophesying all the way back since Genesis that although man sinned I've got salvation coming and although man is powerless in their flesh amen what flesh can't do amen not might nor power but God said by my spirit amen where you didn't have power in your flesh I'm gonna give you power by my spirit where you couldn't overcome before he said I'm gonna make you more than conquerors and overcomers through him that loved us amen when you get the Holy Ghost you're gonna get power he said, all right, when the day of Pentecost fully come, it's going to be the sound of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. There's one prerequisite to receiving the power. Everybody say repentance. Amen. There's some people that received the Holy Ghost before they were baptized in Jesus' name. 
There's some people that receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues because, let me say this, the only way you know you have the Holy Ghost, you look at it, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, and Acts 19. Read it when you get home. The only evidence that you'll find in each one of those that people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, as the Bible says, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. In other words, it was not contrived by man. It was straight from heaven. Amen. I came to church, didn't know one Bible verse, but when I got the Holy Ghost, I started speaking in a heavenly language, and I thought something was wrong. But little did I know, everything was right. I was getting power that came from heaven. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you will speak in other tongues. Well, that's weird. All right, then explain the Bible. Amen, how Jesus walked on water. That's weird, too. Hey, if you want to be religious and say, well, that was for their time. Okay, all right. Well, we could go into that if you want, but that's not, that's not accurate. Amen. That's how every, every person that ever got saved, Jesus said, except a man is born of water and of spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. But here, amen, the only prerequisite is, is repentance. The application of the perfect Passover. Somebody said amen. It's the acceptance of the blood of Jesus on your life. Amen. That's why he said that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in all nations. Amen. Beginning at Jerusalem. He wanted them to start preaching, amen, about repentance when they got to Jerusalem. Why? Because there was power that was promised to hit the city of Jerusalem. And then it was going to spread. That power was never intended to stay in Jerusalem. But that power was going to go to Judea. That power was going to go to Samaria. That power was going to go to the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Can I preach? to somebody if you have yet to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues it starts by repentance it starts by saying Jesus I do I acknowledge amen not just a mental ascent but I know you died on that cross I know you were buried and I know that three days later you got up and Jesus I know that the way I've been living ain't right the way I've been thinking isn't right the way I've been talking isn't right and so Jesus I'm going to take the perfect pastor over and I'm going to ask God that you would take the blood of the lamb and blot out all my sins and blot out all my transgressions oh let's do that right now somebody pray come on right now I believe we can have an outpouring but it starts with repentance it starts with a perfect Passover it starts by saying Jesus I need you to forgive me Jesus I need you to wash my sins away by the blood of the lamb of God Come on, there's power about to hit this house. There's power about to hit this house right now. Hallelujah. There's power. Wonder-working power. When you repent of your sins, amen, you are getting that Passover. You're celebrating Passover right now. Amen, I want the blood of the Lamb over my life, not just to stop death, but to defeat death. I need the blood of the Lamb to stop death, to defeat death, and give me life. And when they got that right, they got the Holy Ghost. The Bible says it was like a rushing mighty when it filled all the house where they were sitting. Amen. They all began to speak in other tongues. Well, it was just for that person. No. They all began to speak in other tongues. Well, it was just for the Jews. Okay. Explain, amen, them getting the Holy Ghost. And they were Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. Half Jew, half Gentile. Okay. Well, it was just for those that had a little Jewish blood. Okay. Explain to me how in Acts chapter 10, amen, there was a bunch of Gentiles that knew nothing about God. That while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they began to speak with other tongues. Oh, oh well, that was just for those that were in the moment. Uh, how about those that were believers in Acts chapter 19 uh, who had believed uh, but yet didn't know what they believed? Amen. God church been religious but didn't know what they believed the bible says amen that paul laid his hands on them and they received the holy ghost and began to speak in tongues and prophesy what am i preaching to you today that when you repent of your sins and you align with a passover lamb called jesus you are ready amen you are a recipient amen that is ready to receive the power that pentecost offers called the holy ghost somebody shout and give god praise Peter began to preach to everybody that was there. Some said these guys are drunk. Amen. Some people said that about us. These people must be drunk. Hey, hallelujah. No, no, no. See, drunk, drunk, drunk people get inhibited. They, they, it messes them up. It, it changes, amen, in a negative way. It stops them from walking right. But when you get the Holy Ghost, it empowers you. 
Hey, these people must be high. No, when you get high, your mental function depreciates. But when you get the Holy Ghost, amen, the Bible says he'll teach you all things. Come on, somebody. When you get the Holy Ghost, it'll take somebody with a lower IQ. It'll help them get a little higher. Amen, that's what happened to me. Amen, there's some folks that when you get the Holy Ghost, you might be depressed. But my Bible says he's called the comforter. He's called the paraclete. He's called the assistant. He's called the heavenly power. Can I preach to somebody? that when you get the Holy Ghost it doesn't make you worse it makes you better it doesn't make you weaker it makes you stronger they said this must be something crazy of this world it's just they must be drunk and he said no 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 these people aren't drunk as you think they are amen but they got the power that was prophesied all the way back in Joel amen can I preach about the power amen that comes with Pentecost amen he said these he said that, that, that this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days saith God I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh amen well I don't know if God has a Holy Ghost for me because uh, you just don't know where I come from. My Bible says he'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh. My Bible says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. Amen. I want you to know that God pours out his spirit upon all flesh. Well, I'm too old to get the Holy Ghost. The Bible says upon the old men, they're going to dream dreams. Well, I'm too young. The Bible says on the young men, they're going to see visions. Well, I'm a young man or a young lady. He said upon my servants and my handmaidens, I poured out in those days of my spirit. The power of Pentecost, you know what he said? I'm going to give old men the opportunity. I'm going to empower them to dream again. I'm going to give young men the opportunity to dream again. I'm going to give people the ability, the power they did not have to prophesy. What is prophecy? Speaking the things that are not as though they were. What happens when you get the Holy Ghost? You can look at your busted life and speak life to it and say, by the authority of the name of Jesus. When you get the power that Pentecost offers uh, called the Holy Ghost, uh, you can lay hands on the sick uh, and they shall recover. When you get the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, doesn't matter what demonic forces you're facing, the Bible says you can cast out serpents. Come on, somebody. Uh, you can cast out devils. Uh, you can take up serpents. Uh, you can drink deadly things and them not harm you. When you get the Holy Ghost, it changes everything. And here's what's powerful about this church that started in Pentecost. See, the church started off Pentecostal. It might have become Baptist and Lutheran, but it started off Pentecostal. Yeah, they all spoke with other tongues. Every single one of them. And the Bible would tell us that this promise is to you. What promise? The promise of power is for you. For your children, for all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. I want to tell you, if you're in the house of the Lord here today, the Bible says no man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. You are in church today, not by accident, but because God has been drawing to you. Which means God's called to you. Which means the promise of power is available to you today. Amen. That power to get up from where you are and walk out of those relationships you shouldn't be in. The power to say, I'm not going to keep thinking like that. The power to say, I'm going to change my life. And here's what's beautiful. They had the appropriate Passover. It was sufficient in Jesus. So therefore they had a celebratory Pentecost. And the Bible says they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Y'all didn't catch it, but we'll get there in a moment. Amen. In the first Pentecost, it didn't have the sufficient sacrifice. 3,000 people died. Amen. It wasn't sufficient enough, amen, to stop death in that moment. But for those, amen, that had accepted what Jesus did for them on Calvary, they showed up to this Pentecost that was fully come and there was 3,000 that said if there's power being offered I will receive it gladly I'm not going to receive this power with a frown on my face this is what has been promised to me and I've been praying for it and I've been believing for it and the Bible says 3,000 said yes to the power that God promised 3,000 said yes to receiving what God had offered to them I wonder how many people in this building 2,000 
2,000 years later uh, will still say yes uh, to what the Lord is offering. Uh, I wonder how many people are in this building uh, that will say yes uh, to power, uh, say yes to promise, uh, say yes to prophecy, say yes to a future. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Let's stand across the building. Come on, somebody give God praise today. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. I want the power. I want the power. You promised it. Amen. All that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, that includes me. That includes my family. Come on, that includes your kids. That includes your neighbor. That in, Come on, somebody. And if you'll gladly receive it, you can have the power. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not just in word. It's ain't just talk the talk. Pentecost walks the walk too. He said the kingdom of God is not just in word, but it's in power. If you, if you don't feel any power, you have a counterfeit Pentecost. You might have a partially come Pentecost, an almost come Pentecost, but you need a fully come Pentecost. If living for God has gotten boring to you, you have not got the right Pentecost because the Pentecost I have, amen, came with power. Everybody say power. That word power, there's a couple words for power in the New Testament. We'll talk about another one in the future, amen, but one of them is dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. That's a cool word. Dunamis. All right, everybody say dynamite. Older folks say dynamite. Come on. Everybody say dynamic. If your walk with God is not dynamic, you don't have the dunamis. Come on. That's where we get all these words. If your walk with God is stagnant, you, you, you need to go back to the real Pentecost. You see, because the real Pentecost, when he promised power, he said, I'm going to give you dynamite. He said, I'm going to give you explosive power. Stop being dead and dry and stop going to dead, dry religion. It's time that you light the fuse of the Holy Ghost and let there be power. Man, you're... Your church, sir, is excitable. You know why? Because we got dynamite power called the Holy Ghost. Y'all sure are loud. I've never heard a quiet dynamite stick go off. I've never heard a quiet firework. I'll tell you what happens when you really get the Holy Ghost. It's going to be like the day of Pentecost where they think everybody's drunk. Well, your church sure does get loud. I'll tell you why. Dynamite. I you sure do worship a lot. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because I got the power. You see, the real Pentecost, the real Pentecost will make a cussing fisherman named Peter who just 50 days before was cussing, saying, I don't even know who Jesus is. And it'll put a mic in his hand and say, preach to the masses. The real Pentecost, the explosiveness of it, can take a doubting mind by the name of Thomas and make him a believer that becomes a missionary. Amen. The power that comes with Pentecost, the dynamite, can take a murderer named Paul and make him the greatest apostle that has written most of the New Testament. The power of Pentecost can take a casual observer, a believer, somebody that was religious, that went to church all of their life and make them a receiver, a recipient of this dynamite power. Can I preach to somebody? The Holy Ghost comes with power. I'll prove it to you. The Holy Ghost is known as a few different things. It is defined by a few different ways in the Bible. Amen. Through the New Testament, the Bible, amen, it does say the Spirit descended like a dove. Sometimes, amen, it's not talking about that God's a dove. So get that off your painting and off your wall. Amen. But what it's saying is that it lights down. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will come in a service and it'll light down on the service like a dove. It just floats down. Amen. Like a cloud of the Old Testament. So the priest 
can't stand to minister. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is taken over. Amen. That it starts to rest on us. It's, it's that still small voice that spoke to Elijah that'll begin to convict, that'll get to compel, that'll tell you you got to change some things. The Bible says it's a sound from heaven. Sometimes it's that gentle dropping where where it just floats on down. And sometimes it's that thunder crash that comes from heaven. And you can hear it. You may not see it, but you know something's happening. Real Pentecost has preaching that's a sound from heaven that thunders not from some liturgy, but it thunders from a... We need a word from heaven. We need a word from heaven. It was a word from heaven that said, let there be light, and there was light. It was a word, a sound from heaven that spoke everything into existence. The Bible says in the New Testament, it was read today that while they had prayed, the Holy Ghost showed up. And the Bible says that everywhere around them begin to quake. Amen. We see this again while Paul and Silas are in prison. And the Holy Ghost shows up as they begin to praise. And it begins to shake so much that the very foundation, amen, began to crack in the prison house. And the shackles came off. The Holy Ghost comes in dynamite like an earthquake. The Bible says it's like a rushing mighty wind. Ain't a gentle breeze but it comes in like a hurricane it comes in like a tornado and then John said it this way I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that's coming after me is mightier than I the legend of whose shoes I'm not even worthy to stoop down and unloose he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Can I preach to somebody about the dynamite, explosive power that was promised to you, promised to your kids, promised to your family. It's like a fire. Elder Johnson, it's like a consuming fire. Well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you need to get the Holy Ghost. I'm just, I'm bound up right now. Well, he can send an earthquake into your life that that so shakes you out of where you are that no shackle can hold you down. The Holy Ghost comes with power, and it will empower you to be free. My Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Can I preach about freedom for a moment? Real freedom. I'm talking about never again. Devil, never again. Sin, never again. I ain't going that direction. Come on. Jesus said the Holy Ghost is like a well. Well, I'm empty, preacher. I don't know what to do. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. Oh, come on, somebody. We got a generation that's so empty. Amen. And they're trying everything. This woman at the well, she tried everything. She had she had she had five husbands shacked up at the moment, just trying to get, amen, stop being so empty. And Jesus said, if you can get the well that I'm talking about, it's called the Holy Ghost. You get a little bit of this water. I just, I just don't know if I can break it off with them. You need the Holy Ghost. They holding you down. They're not taking you to heaven. You need to let them go. Well, I just don't know if I can do it because I might be empty. You need the Holy Ghost to fill you up. Well, preacher, you don't know. You don't know how filthy I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. The Jesus said, he that receives the Holy Ghost, he said it's like a river, amen, that's flowing out of, of your belly, rivers of living water. I cannot preach. The Holy Ghost shows up and it washes. The Holy Ghost shows up and it regenerates. What is that? That's power. I'm done preaching. Somebody lift up your hands. I got more I can say. But I've just come to tell you that if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come down to the front right now. Come on. I want to invite you down to the altar right now. If you have never spoken other tongues, I want you to come down here right now. If you are bound up by addictions, I want you to come down right now. 
If you don't feel like God loves you, I want you to come down right now so he can prove that he does. If you feel like there's too much shame and guilt and you need to be washed clean, I want you to come down right now. If you just want God to move in your life, I want you to come down right now. Oh, come on, church. Amen. Let's fill in this altar. Let's fill in this altar right now. Lift up your hands. Come on, right where you are, lift up your hands. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive the dunamis. Receive the power. Receive. Come on, somebody. It might be a Russian mighty wind in your house. It might be a fire in your bones. It might be a well springing up to everlasting life. It might be a still small voice, but receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, church, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. Receive it. Receive it. Oh, yes, man. 